Um, so, so um, in our in our this series that we have that that, that we've been going uh, through, um, there are some questions that have been posted on the group that I would like to go through, and and even if anyone has questions, uh, please feel free to ask. And I would love this to be as interactive as possible. Not to, you know, to have only one person talking, uh, and, and primarily it is not a teaching session. It is just to iron out the, 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 the creases, as it were, uh, to iron out the, the cracks and crevices of what we looked at. So, The first question which is here, feel free to post on the chat and ask in person and stop me um, if you would like to ask. Um, but the first question is, uh, I think this one will go to Brother Ndo who taught on money and materialism. The question is, what should we consider in terms of career and even jobs? we take uh, within a chosen career. So uh, um, I, I, I think that, um, that that is understandable. I don't know if you, if you can, uh, you, if you've understood the question. This was, this was in line with money and materialism. Yeah. Please speak as loudly as possible, or we can turn to you so that people can see you. There you go. Um, I don't know, can everyone hear me? Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, I guess this is a little bit difficult to, uh, alright, let me try to answer it as best as I can. So, um, I, I'll just, re so the, the question I'm guessing is asking, what exactly should we be considering in terms of uh, materialism and money as we enter all of these careers, right? Uh, the jobs that we're taking. Uh, and I'll say this, I guess the, the first thing is obviously that it, it's not always the, the most paying job that is the most appropriate or the best job for you. Mm. So you could have 10 offers and this one, this this job offer is offering you 10 times the, uh, the rest of the others, but maybe you have to work uh, every single day. Um, well, maybe you have to constantly be traveling. Um, so, um, I think I'll probably, yeah, so maybe you have to be constantly be traveling, um, so you're away from your family, your church, uh, maybe even months or weeks on end, uh, or even that, the hours that the job requires is that maybe 18 hour days are, are normal mm. and uh, very acceptable in, in that sort of thing. So. I, I, I've chosen this one. You might be thinking, no, but this is not everyone's experience that uh, the job which is the highest paying is, is 
kind of requirements, but I'm just trying to make an example that mm. it's not about ultimately uh, the the remuneration only that this job will uh, th that this that that you should be considering mm. per job. So, uh, but also the other the working conditions, the terms of all of those things that maybe maybe it become. Because yeah, with this job, it would be practically impossible to ever meet with believers, to ever host believers. You are constantly on the move. You very difficult to be accountable to anyone. Mm. Um, very difficult to gather with believers. Uh, but not even that. But even from a physical point of view, it's not. It doesn't seem sustainable. End up, I would even say, maybe taking drugs to just get through the day, or something, or or, or work. Um, yeah, but uh, trying to be a lot more nuanced. I think for for most people, maybe you're not going to exactly get that type of thing. But um, I, I'm just saying, you need to consider what is the most appropriate. Also depending on when you're getting this job. There are some jobs which are, are more suited to a single person, right? Uh, the working hours, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I know it's flexible. You can be a lot more, uh, like I say, maybe some of it is just like, you need to travel a lot. If you are married, it may not be the most appropriate. You're away from your family, you don't get that type. But maybe when you're single, you can afford to do all of those type of things, right? Maybe uh, for three months, you need to go and work in London. Mm. Um, yeah, so th there are a lot of considerations and just... Um, so uh, I I'll say this, as in when as we are making, getting these job offers, applying for these jobs, um, getting responses, or even considering these careers, it's not just about the money. You need to, um, one, really research the career. What is it about? What do you get to do? There, there are sometimes maybe, I'll even say, peculiarly for people, um, for certain people, maybe a certain job may not be appropriate for you because of a certain weakness that you have mm. <coughs> um, that you may not want to expose yourself. You may not just be, it will just not be appropriate for you, nothing wrong with the job, let's say, but uh, maybe just every weakness. I don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine if you were to be like a, a brewer and you have a weakness for alcohol, that could be like a dangerous job to get it to expose yourself. <laughs> but sadly, when you go to these breweries, uh, most of the technicians are drunkards. Oh, yeah. No, uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, <laughs> as a Christian, if you know you're possibly given to this type of thing, you need to consider it as well, all of these things. Mm. But mm. I think that's like a really good point. I think um, we really consider um, living a holy life and a righteous life as we go about our working environment. At times, it's not even like what you're saying pertaining to the whole 
um, whole I'm working at a brewery and stuff like that. It's more to deal with. It's more to do with what your job entails, um, or where the company that is asking you that is offered you the job. Maybe they are um, CMO kind of company that does everything underneath the table, and you are bribing. Um, council officers and all those These kinds of things pigs, um, you're not it's not like a legit company and whether at the end of the day or not you are going to say but at the end of the day it's my employers and it's not me it it, it won't fly because you are the one who's actually doing those things yeah. so i think it's most of the time it's just oh ah there's an opportunity at such and such a company i'm going to go and work there but we really consider i guess the mm. whole mm. am i going to manage to live a holy and righteous life whilst i'm doing this job mm. Mm. powerful uh yeah any any uh you know additions from uh the guys online um i would like to uh maybe could you repeat the question again so that um, I just want to see if I'm in line oh okay yeah the question was so in line with money and materialism what should we con what should we consider in terms of career and job and, and even jobs uh, even the jobs we take in a, in, a, in, a, in a within a chosen career I don't know if I understand what I'm saying so like let's say maybe you are in the medical field, uh, you know, there are people who specialize in abortions. Uh, should you take that, you know, that type of thing? So, yeah. All right. Um, in my understanding is uh, everything that we do here on earth, um, we are doing the business of our Lord. Mm. Um, the Bible tells us that in everything that we do, we do it as unto the Lord. Mm. So sometimes God puts us in positions where we're going to have to be the light in, in those positions. Because mm. um, in, in everything that we do, we have to glorify God. Mm. Um, so um, I might be a lawyer, but am I going to be um, a dirty lawyer? Am I going to be a sketchy lawyer? I'm going to be a lawyer who represents God, who, um, who is a light in this industry that is um, very sketchy. So, yeah, when taking jobs, I think it, we really need to consider with a lot of prayer and reading the Bible because the Bible tells us a lot about what to do in life. Mm. Um, maybe when we face situations, how should we um how should we handle situations so yeah in anything that we do mm. i think it's it all it all goes back to thinking about why are we doing it mm. you might not be doing anything sketchy but sometimes you might take something out of selfishness um mm. and that would be that won't be good. It will be a sin as well. Maybe mm. you're not stealing money. You're not uh, involved in fraud. But uh, whatever you're doing, I don't know. Now your heart has to be assessed mm. to see whether you're doing it for the glory of God or it's your selfish. Mm. Uh, it's your selfish, selfish desires that are um, in, 
that I play in this thing. So mm. that's what I think. Mm. Thank you, brother. I think that's solid. Very, very solid. Um, yeah, any, anyone else? I just want to uh, finish as well. I think that when you, when you think about the issue of working, you should remember that you know, we were created uh, by God for work, and as Christians, we, are, we have been prepared for good works. So even as we think about choosing uh, the, the job or the work we're going to be doing, the, the, the work which is of primary importance is the work that God gives us. You know, I know that, um, especially in our difficult economic situation in Zimbabwe and many other places, we often think about making money first, uh, but you know, that's where maybe the, the test of faith comes, where are you going to uh, take to give your time to the work that you know God absolutely wants you to be doing? Are you going to abandon your responsibility, especially go and make money? Can you trust God to provide as he calls you to do something? Uh, can you trust God to help you, to help to guide you, maybe to even monetize that thing which he's leading you to do? Because primarily we are God's workers. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm. So I think that's a mm. that's something for you to consider. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it's I think it's definitely harder. Uh, well, it's easier said than done because uh, when, like you say, when you look at Zimbabwe, jobs are scarce, you know. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why you probably get like a, a job offer to say, you know, Felix, come and come be a bouncer, you know, at one of these nightclubs. We'll give you a thousand dollars per month, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's enticing. And you're thinking, wow, you know, if I can just save. Uh, in twelve in, in, in twelve months, I would have twelve thousand dollars of savings. Um, well, yeah, theoretically, um, you know, I can lobola buy a car, or whatever. But you know, is is bouncing? Is the environment that you are in pleasing to the Lord? Do the activities that occur they glorify God, or? They are, they are ones which God detests. Drunkenness, uh, sexual immorality, debauchery, um, you know, blasphemy, um, lying, thieving, and stealing. Um, you know, and, 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 um, and, you know, sometimes God, I, would, I want to say, sometimes God humbles us by not giving us what we intended wanted for example who here today is what they wanted to be when they were young or even what they wanted to be at the end of high school i didn't picture myself as a pastor this was the last thing i would do you know i probably want to be a lawyer like tanaka mentioned or some dingy dirty lawyer who was just wanting to argue his way out of things defend you know, unjust policies and all that stuff. So, I think sometimes God actually humbles us through work. We, 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 we go through primary school and high school and our parents will be saying, Wow! My child, my pride. Mwanangu, nofanabuja pilot. You know? And you're there nodding. You know? But, you know, high school, maybe things change. Your combination is different at A-level. 
after A level, you go to university. Once you're in varsity, uh, after varsity, things things take a turn, different direction. You are not doing what, you are no longer doing what you wanted to do. I think it's so it's so often the case for Christians. I mean, many people do not admit it. That well, you know what? I set off wanting to do this, but I ended up here by God's providence. I think sometimes work, but the, just the point that the, the way we view it, work is a it, it's it, it's God's grace for us as well in preserving uh, in His preservation of us. So you know maybe that maybe that door may not live according to the flesh. Or do his heart's desire, you know. So, I just wanted to add that. I don't know if there's any questions or additions to that. Before we move on to the the, other, the second question. So maybe, how do we link materialism and money to not loving the world? Well, the text was First John chapter 2, verse 15. Yeah, do not love the world or, or anything. So, your 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 insatiability or even your your desire to be rich uh or your desire to be to have prestige power popularity may be evidence that may be okay there's something there maybe you're not saved maybe you don't know christ maybe you are blinded by the world and you're headed to hell and you have not seen the light of the gospel because the gospel is counter-cultural. Counter it changes how we view money, how we view material things. And yeah, I was even telling someone the other day that, you know, how many of us can say, whatever we have, this is the Lord's. My wife is the Lord's. Whatever I have is the Lord's. How, can we, how many can say, no, 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 this is not mine, it's the Lord's. We live in a culture where it's me, Myself and I. Me, me, me. I need to expand. Of course, the Bible does tell us we should work diligently at that. Whatever our hands grasp, whatever our hands clasp, we must work diligently. Um, yeah, so any questions, friends, before we move on to the next question? Which I think has to do with unevenly yoking. Right? I think that one we've ironed out. Career job, so we must be careful how we walk. There it says, in terms of the issue of unevenly yoking, how do we deal with an issue of premarital pregnancy? Between a believer and a non-believer, do such situations exempt us from this commandment? Well, uh, how do you deal with the situation? Well, biblically speaking, Paul says, "Do not be unevenly yoked with unbelievers." He was talking to the. He was in the context. It was him, uh, you know, teaching the Corinthians. Not to love uh, false teachers. Not to be taken away by the, by the oratory skills of 
polished up teachers. In comparison to him, whose speech was not as good, whose, whose demeanor was not as exciting, whose physical attributes were nothing to write about. So were the Lord Jesus's, <laughs> you know. But he's in saying, no, do not be unevenly yoked with unbelievers. And so when a believer comes together with an unbeliever and a, and a baby comes into the fray, we will say, of course, the baby is a gift from God. Uh, praise the Lord for the soul, um, you know. Um, however, the two, uh, we will still insist to the believer that you cannot marry that woman. Or if it's vice versa, you cannot marry that man. Because you're a believer. If, if the non-believer was impregnated, you... Fair enough. Have you, are you repenting of your sin? Do you accept the consequences? Yes, 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 all right. Great. Praise the Lord for the repentance. But you still cannot marry that person. Because the Bible forbids it. And when you do, you are in direct disobedience to God. You are disobeying God. You are saying, well, the, the parameters which you, Lord, have put in the scriptures are not enough for me. Uh, I will ignore them so that I can continue with someone who is, as what Paul describes, dead in their trespass. They're, they're corpse. <laughs> have you ever thought about it that way? It might, it might seem extreme, but it is. The, the Bible is graphic. For ye were dead in your trespasses and sins, were following the path of this world, you know, following the prince of the power of the air, the devil. But God, in verse 4, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy, you know, the phrase that is, that best encapsulates the Bible uh, in, in, in brilliant fashion. But God, God saved you from that. So why are you going to someone who you were once were? Why are you going back? Why are you going to someone who is not a believer? What does Christ have with darkness? What does, yeah, does, does, does Christ have fellowship with darkness? Should Christians be, even if there's a baby involved, I know the culture will say, well, you know, damage control, you know, let's uh, try and paper over the cracks. But the Bible says no, in which case, if that person stubbornly remains in sin, the church will proceed to excommunicate them. Because we will now say, well, we do not affirm your, your statement of faith anymore. We don't, we don't see a person who's regenerate. Because, you know, you are stubbornly holding on to sin. 
And so that is how we discipline, oh, we deal with that situation. And so that situation does not exempt us from being unevenly yoked. Only, only married believers. If that person later on becomes a believer, praise the Lord. It would now depend whether you still want to marry them or not. I don't know if I've um, answered, the, answered the question fully. If anyone has got a different view, uh, please do our statements. Or a contrary view. Brother Felix, anything? <laughs> Alright. Answered well. Anyone in the in the in the online who would want to add a twist? So so yes, um I think on on being unevenly yoked, I need to drill this in, friends, that once you're in, you're in. Be careful. That person may masquerade as a Christian for a while. And even, you know, they're well versed in church. Yeah, they may even be a pastor teaching the doctrines of grace. But maybe they are not truly converted. And so you are, you have been duped. Or maybe you knew, you saw the the, the 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 you know you you saw the the danger warning sign that this person is not a Christian and so you continue to you continue with the marriage um, there are many pangs many problems you will not have a happy life you will not have a a fruitful marriage. You will just be miserable because you've got someone who's thinking differently. When you think about education, they're saying, well, take our children to the most, uh, you know, as long as education is there, take them to a paganistic school. And everything else falls into play. Any additions or, or, or subtract? I'm worried about the silence. Are we still online? <laughs> Kuziva, are you there, my sister? Checking. Mike, check. Mike, check. One, two, one, two. <laughs> one, two, one, two. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we are still there. <laughs> um, all right. Um, the next question. Um, all right, Toby. Thank you, brother. Um, so, yes. The next one is, is my boyfriend's pornography, porn addiction a deal breaker? That's the first one. Second one is, what counsel should be given, uh, should, yeah, should be given to a couple who have been cohabiting for a long period of time, say at least three years? And they are not legally married. Should this be the basis for them to pursue marriage? And also our children may be born from such an arrangement considered illegitimate. 
And then the last question from, from that uh, cluster of questions, how do you tell that someone is truly regenerate and is a genuine believer and not just merely moralistic? Uh, yeah. This is in line with the unevenly yoked study. So, is my boyfriend's porn addiction a deal breaker? Questions to the crowd before I enter or I attempt to enter. Well, I guess the question would be I can almost insert anything there. Yeah. Literally, mm. you could say is. Oh, sorry. The thing fell. I'm saying I think we can almost insert anything there in place of porn, but uh, so you can put any addiction, really. I'll, I'll, I'll say, and mm. I think our answer would generally okay. At least my answer would generally be the same. Mm. Um, it's got more to do with. The person's attitude, this, or in this case, the boyfriend, mm. what is their attitude about this? Is it that, ah, they've given up and they're just like, ah, this is me, I'm an addict, so, mm. you know, yeah, let it, let what, <laughs> what happens with that. Then, in that case, if, if that person is not as, if that boyfriend or whoever that person is, it's not as grieved. Oh, it's not. It seems unmoved and unworried about this addiction. Then I think that's a a clear cut. Well, yeah, that's mm. a serious problem. Probably should leave. That relationship should end. Mm. Yeah, and I think. Uh, but then, um, we I think it becomes a lot more tricky. Uh, is say this person is sincerely struggling and striving um, does I think it's, it's, it's a lot more complicated in, in whether you should stay in that relationship for anything or not mm. Um, mm. because it's it's, a, a, it's no longer a it's no longer just a question of person maybe they're unregenerate because in the first case if somebody seems to be struggling with or not struggling is plagued by seeing that much in the mood then they clearly unregenerate in in this uh, in this other situation uh yeah i mean you need to be prayerful about it i'll say in how to proceed because um at times i will say Maybe this is a sign of just the immaturity of that person as uh, a believer and possibly you 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 going into a or oh, thinking about marriage may not be appropriate in this time and this relationship is bound to linger and linger for a while because of that immaturity that's that's clearly there. Um, mm. But also, it could be, 
Yes, but it's a lot more complicated. I don't have a clear answer. Yeah. And I don't know what other people think. Mm. So. <laughs> I think I agree with Lo on his first point to say, I think if it's somebody who's unbothered, it becomes an equal of an even real thing. Because um, when we look at it, we're thinking at the end of the day, if you say you're a Christian, you cannot be holding on to whatever sin it is you have and be comfortable in enjoying it. So even if your girlfriend were to come to you and say, um, I think um, your relationship with Paul is, is, is like one of the, is, is not a good relationship, not that there's any form of relationship you should be having with Paul. But anyway, so as in, anyway. <laughs> No, as in I'm just saying, at the end of the day, if you're going to be holding on to whatever sin you are holding on to, and you're unmoved by it, you're not grieved by it, like Lo said, it could be pointing to the fact that maybe you're unregenerate to start off with. So, in that case, it is definitely a deal breaker. Hmm. Brother Felix. I'm the one who asked the question, so... Hmm. <laughs> Speak louder so they can hear I'm the one who asked the question, so maybe uh, I will just maybe uh, pose another question that is related to that. Um, can Christians uh, struggle with uh, addiction? Because <coughs> I don't know if you if you guys witnessed when DMX died, when DMX passed away, there were questions that were surrounding. Mm. A lot of people argue, was he truly saved? Was it because like he had an ongoing addiction, uh, problem with uh, alcohol, alcohol, drug addiction? But apparently he was saved. But even though he was saved, from time to time he go back to his alcohol addiction. And then one moment you'd see him strong in the faith and so there was that question that people were asking that can Christians, if you are truly regenerate, can you really uh, struggle with that sin that persistently? Maybe if you can maybe tackle that while it's real. Okay. I guess uh, I mean, I'm not going to litigate DMX's Salvation, good, no idea, or barely knew anything about the guy except his music from back in the day. So, yeah, but I will say this just in, in the most generic way, in the most generic sense. Sorry, uh, uh, I have to again. We are struggling to hear you guys, uh, that are further. May you raise your voice a little bit more? Mm, do shouts. Uh, I can't shout. You're, you're, you're nosy. <laughs> Lift your tongue. Move the, move the. Please do it for your brethren. We need to hear what you're saying. <laughs> I can't shout. <laughs> there you go. Move the, just move the chair. All right, sir, sir, sir. Let me do that. Let, let me do that for the, for the brethren. Mm, the message, you know. Mm. Pertaining to the word, to volume or. All right. Okay. Um, am I audible now? Okay. Um, yeah, so I was saying, uh, 
I don't know about DMX salvation or anything like that. But I will try to answer the question in the most generic sense. Is it possible to uh, struggle with addiction? Or can a Christian possibly struggle with addiction? Um, I'll say yes. I, I, I do think so. That, um, But the, the, the active word is struggle, right? So... In, in the struggle, the, in a struggle, there's clearly a wrestling. There is a, not a defeatism like thing, right? It's not like you're perennially just uh, being uh, succumbing to this thing, right? Mm-hmm. So whether whether these periods, but my point being that these periods of I'll say victory that you experience over this, uh, and maybe there are times when you are you succumb to it. So, um, definitely, I'll say that I do think so, um, and I think a, a perfect example. Well, I don't know if it's perfect, but an example I'm going to use is how uh, Paul in Second Corinthians talks about how there are Christians who would uh, essentially be. It, it is okay. I'm trying to. This is a paraphrase, but essentially saying that. It's as if they will be like they're being plucked out of out of the fire, mm-hmm. they, because of almost as if, um, for this for their own sake, uh, the Lord would uh, take them away from the sin, <laughs> that they would not uh, sort of succumb to sin as it were, and it's as if they will be just plucked out of the fire. Is it? Um, so. And that that description, I think, is quite apt of someone who is just dead set, in the worst way, almost dead set, like, on, in a lot of ways, really continually being in sin. Um, but I think part of it is that the difference with, with all of this is, and I think primarily, this is what Christianity is about. Are you continually repenting? Are you... Uh, are you grieved by sin, your own sin? Do you, do you recognize your need for a savior? So even when you do sin, so it's not that um, you're no longer sinning. Um, and in as much as we expect progressive sanctification, a, a, a change, uh, not just an attitude, but like progressively that you're becoming more and more like Christ, the one thing that we do know is that there'll be different levels of it, right? Uh, it, it even right now, if we all died in this very instant, we may well not that we may we're definitely different levels of uh, being sanctified. But in that instant, if we're all Christians, we will be we'll ultimately be sanctified in that way. So. It's 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 very difficult to say. Well, if you're continually succumbing to sin, it means you're not a you're not a Christian. But I'll say this: uh, if you are, if you are continually succumbing to sin, and your attitude, your your attitude towards sin is seemingly, I'll say, like on the downward spiral. It's that you are, you're not. 
hating sin more uh, each and every other day, then even if you even if you are still sinning, but then there might be questions to be asked of you. Yeah. Sorry, you you fell cause you. What sin constitutes discontinuity of just in in the most basic she says what sin constitutes discontinuity what, what would you say would say well let me not marry this person since you said you know it could be any it can it could be anything what what, could, what no I mean you could replace porn with anything that's what you said yes but the whole idea is not so much I'm just trying to show that. It's not like porn is a is a seemingly category of its own. Mm. Really, if anyone is seemingly addicted to whatever you can put anything, mm. uh, if I may, I, I don't know what, what kind of addiction. There's so many addictions that are out there, but whichever addiction someone has, mm. um, really the primary thing that I think needs to be looked at is the attitude towards sin but am I is it sin that I'm hiding is it uh, if is it sin that is hidden is it sin that is um, being being uh, or trying to if you're trying to deal with it so you're struggling but you're dealing with it like that's why I say so, 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 so the thing is that should we wait until you have dealt with it enough for you to get married or should well, we, or should we say, well, whilst you're, whilst you're struggling, enter into a marriage covenant with somebody's daughter. <laughs> okay, uh, I mean, I I will take this particularly. It's a, it's a. Yeah, this might just be a, <laughs> a beer, but I'll say this: there are some scenes that marriage might help uh, uh-huh. with with all of this, and I don't know if necessarily pornography. I don't want to sound, make it sound like as if like if you're that people are, are addicted to porn or given to porn because they're not married or anything. Because that 
that, that because marriage may not solve it, but in some cases it may. Because the, the, what the Bible does tell us is that those who are bending with passion should learn. Yeah, but does any porn addiction mean that someone is bending with passion? Or they're just given to uh, really a sexual, a, a, a warped sexual immorality? Because that, that, that may not be related. So, uh, but I'll say this. <laughs> um, if you're going to wait for, for sin to be dealt with, well, you, you, you might as well wait for the Lord to come. Right? But there's varying degrees. That's why I'm saying it's a case-by-case case thing, maybe. But I'm also looking at it to say, I, I think there might be sins that might warrant us stopping in the sense that, for instance, right now we are looking at porn and porn might not seem as grievous because we are saying it's someone who's like across or over the screen. What happens if I catch my uh, husband to be uh, in bed with somebody else? Should we be like, no, he was bending with passion, so let's fast track our wedding and so that we dip him out of the, the bending with passion pool. That's my point to say. Mm. I think there might be certain cases where we really need to sit mm -hmm. down and uh, assess uh, whether proceeding with this union is uh, is wise. Is wise. Not, I think there are things we need to address before we get married. Not necessarily to say that by the time we walk down the aisle, we will be perfect, perfect or mm. stuff like that. But there are, there might be issues that need to be dealt with mm. before we do that. Mm. And yeah, that could be a long list of things. But yeah. No, no. My, I think because it was question was are there sins that warrant now. Warrant with me. Oh, this is it, bro. This, that, that's it. So. Not, not so much. I'm not saying if if someone was cheating or whatever, it, uh, it's a question of let us forgive and proceed with this whole thing. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. But <laughs> to say that, uh, but, but I also don't you're think you're saying it's warranty because you're like, um, are we gonna forgive and just move on? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, what I'm trying to say, I don't think there's a particular sin unless. I, Unless someone's an unbeliever, mm. that, 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 that warrants, because warrant here was saying, this is not a negotiation, this, is, this needs to stop immediately, right? So this is not a, we're not considering anything. You're an unbeliever, this relationship needs to stop. That's what I'm looking at. I don't know if there's any other thing or circumstances where you're like, this absolutely warrants. Like breaking this. Um, I right think now. what I was asking is what like, I was specifically saying because like, I think I understood what he said that it's not really the specific sin, so you know that's okay. So I was saying like, what kind of behavior or dealing with it, or what is it? What kind of uh, maybe state of being warrants that someone should say maybe we shouldn't get married, regardless of what sin it is? What and there and we're saying this person is a believer. Like, or can you? Uh, maybe you've got a boyfriend who won't, uh, you know, who's not ambitious, who wants to play games, a uh, video games. And, you know, <laughs> but guys, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, like, I, I 
warrant as putting an end to a proposed marriage mm, mm. because like Kuziva is saying as a husband you are called to provide for your family and here you are from morning till sunset you're on the tv playing video games and we are like ah it's all cool let's proceed with marriage well i mean i guess my question <laughs> would be how did you get into a relationship is this something that is all of a sudden developed or maybe, this person because maybe you know how people fall into I don't know whether situations. situations maybe situations. you were before. For example, desperate, right now you're desperate Christians were like. Then LEC is like, um, <laughs> Do we are terminating your contract. From then, Do is not even trying to to look for a way to like maybe provide for his future family. He is just like, you know what, um, Super Mario, let's go. We can do this all day long. Okay, right. I mean, I feel like. Okay, just going to you are probably right that, that I don't know if don't burn your shoes bro I don't know if it's still for me I don't know if it if it will still warrant you breaking up because what you're describing is someone who is really seemingly I'll say depressed is in the really, <laughs> and not that I'm saying you shouldn't break up with someone who is in that state but what I'm trying to say is that there is like help this person is, is someone who's it's like all of those things are, are kind of suggesting this guy really needs help with there's something that is seriously gone wrong with okay my question would be are we speaking of putting a hold to the wedding are we speaking of because i think she okay. said okay. stop marriage okay. or stuff like that okay let me come in uh yeah um i would say that they are actually uh, sins, yes, that I cause for concern and a cause, pastorally speaking, uh, for discontinuity uh, of that relationship. Uh, if you are one who is obedient uh, and under elders, uh, who would say, well, brother or sister, after much consideration and prayer, we do not think you should continue in this relationship with this person simply because they have um, serious issues that may cause problems in marriage. For example, serious issues could be a porn addiction because porn addiction is not isolated. Uh, it's, 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 uh, multiplies itself into yeah uh, adultery um yeah maybe you might even be a chronic liar because of it um and and here i'm attacking pornography only pornography i'm not saying well if he's a thief if he's a liar if he's a fraud then you know just continue the marriage i'm just i'm i'm here i'm addressing pornography only the other things wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah my point here what i want to understand mm. are you saying particularly pornography or someone who is seriously like addict who is a, who is an addiction because yeah. i think any sort of addiction comes with this kind of thing yes he's lying he's, mm -hmm. you, you, you yeah yeah so i'm saying i'm saying yeah addiction i'm not saying struggles each and every like no one has ever gone into marriage a complete uh you know a complete saint there's something that you have
there's some sort of sin baggage that you're carrying into marriage. It could be pride. It could be that you're a fraud. You're a liar. It could be that you, 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 um, you know, steal. It could be that, yeah, maybe you are a drunkard in secret. Maybe you have, uh, you have something, you, you, you are a smoker. And your wife to be never knew or doesn't know that, okay, this is what this person does. So that those could be red flags. To say, until you deal with these issues and we walk with you, uh, you know, as a church through the Bible by the Holy Spirit, um, we don't think it is, uh, we don't think it is wise or prudent to continue in this marriage. So, likewise, someone who plays video games the whole day, there's something wrong. I don't think it's even depression, but... I mean, Dawkins is depression. But I think, I, I think that there's just something wrong. Because, I mean, we are looking at someone holistically. Like, so, what, what does the Bible say about prudence, hard work? What does the Bible say about what, not watching the wind or watching the, the, the rains? Uh, you must plow... Um, and then, you know, um, wait for the rains. Now, someone who plays the video game the whole day, there's, there's something wrong. They, they, he, has not, he hasn't been... It's true, we're not talking about this guy. This is all he has always done. This, we just described. This guy was seemingly... Uh, oh, fine. Seemingly fine. Okay. And then all of a sudden, you started playing video, playing okay. video games. Okay. okay. But, yeah. but I think that could also extend to. Uh, yeah, I get the whole it has just started now. Mm. But even being in such a state of mind, I, mm. I, I agree with what Joe is saying to say at the end of the day, we we need I'm to realize that. that I'm just joking. <laughs> we, we should be at a point where we realize that um, <laughs> certain. I believe that when we're looking to going into marriage, there are certain issues that need to be addressed mm. before we enter into marriage. Mm. Regardless of whether we are putting the, the, the marriage on hold or we are saying maybe well. we wanted to get married in December and now we're saying we are indefinitely postponing it. Mm. I'll even go to the whole issue of the addiction we we're talking about. When we look at addiction, it doesn't necessarily help a person for us to be like, Okay, we'll get married, uh, we'll face the struggles, then mm. we'll see what to do. Your wife will help you. Then when we get married, uh, my husband will come back to an empty house after he sold everything to go and get drugs or stuff like that. That's my point, to say, we mm. should be able to be prudent enough to say, no, there is a genuine and a serious problem mm. here. Even like what Joe was saying, when it comes to porn, it's not that we're saying there are special sins or special stuff, mm. but you find maybe it's going to lead this guy, uh, maybe, because in itself it's already sexual immorality. Mm. Um, because when we look at even adultery, it's not you going and physically committing an act, but even you looking at another woman lustfully. And this is exactly what you would be doing in this case. So those are issues that needs to be dealt with before we mm. go into well, well, yeah yeah well if I, we are going to go into marriage i would think at least we would be at a point where either it has been dealt with and things are being done to assist or help with that particular situation a person is well, in. But, but it deals with you mean right this is 
no, I, I, no, 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 yeah, no, no. I but that's my point, right? That, that's what I was talking about. When we're talking about this, is that there is an active attempt. There is, mm-hmm. unless uh, <laughs> uh, we're not talking about people who are seemingly they they are just lying. They are these. They, they, they needs to be, this person needs to be showing that that they repented. Mm-hmm. They are actually bringing this to the Lord. They are accountable on these things, even when they do sin, right? So it's not that uh, <coughs> uh, this is a, this is someone who is clearly maybe even in denial of us. Ah, no, there's nothing wrong. Mm. Oh, no, I I just fall once in a while. Everyone does. This is not really the, the attitude that we're talking about when we're, when we're referring to all of these things. But I, I am also pressed to, to say, like, um, yeah, sure, you're right about maybe particular sins maybe being a sign for all of this, but the extent of it now, forget, forget Paul. I think that one is a, maybe a lot more clear. What about all the lustful things that people, if, if I'm like, I'm struggling with lust, all this, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go outside. Am I still someone that should be getting married? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's my point no, exactly but... <laughs> to say. Oh yeah, Janaka wants to come in. Sorry. There's actually stuff we need to say. Because here's the thing, though. Even I'm thinking even when this question was posed, it could actually be something three weeks before marriage. Then I realized my boyfriend has got a porn problem. And we are about to get married. What do we then just pretend... No, he's struggling or we are working. Well, no, some, no, no. some women will just keep quiet and say, well, I just want to get married anyway. Do you want to find out? If you're discovering theories, is it like you're the first person to know? Well, this is something that is... No, maybe you maybe you, you, you came across something on their phone. Or, or no, on yes, but that's why I'm saying. And they've not shared with you. Is, so this is this is just something a revelation for everyone involved. You, the people around him, his friends, his family, whatever. No, it's between I, you two. It's between no. the two of us who are getting married. I think there are certain things that will affect a marriage that it cannot be a Joe and his brother no, no, secret no, 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 kind no. of thing. I'm saying not a secret, right? I'm saying if Tino right mm. now, yeah, or let me use myself an example. If right now you guys found ah, this porn on my phone, right, mm. uh, or whatever, and then, uh, and then you talk to me, or whatever, mm. and this was a, a revelation you guys did not know. Was this was something I was struggling with? Nobody knew. Mm. Mm. That's is that what we're describing, or it's that Chilua is found. Found out that seemingly I have been struggling with porn. What is described in the first scenario? The first scenario, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, then that's something else, yeah. All right, uh, brother, then I wanted to come in, all right. Um, so I just wanted to say that, um, when we are looking at the issue about pornography, like sometimes we, I know, like, all things are the same, like, in the eyes of God. Sin is sin, mm. but now as we live here on earth, like some sins have different consequences. Mm. Like pornography is one of the sins that um, 
it's a sin that is a threat to marriage. And this is a thing that should not be allowed in a marriage. <laughs> it's better to deal with it before it enters in marriage. Mm. Um, I, re- I once read a statement that says, a man who watches porn is definitely a man who's not ready for marriage. Mm-mm. So, so now, um, and also I think it's important as well for us to view this situation in the lens of the gospel. Um, Jesus did not just come here to save us from hell. He also came to save us from sin. And it's not, uh, I think that he's going to, uh, save us and we still remain in struggle with it. He wants us to fight it until we, we have victory over it. Mm. It might be porn addiction. It's not sometimes we like to to maybe justify ourselves by saying that it's a struggle, it's a struggle, it's a struggle. But the truth is even if it's a struggle, it's not a good struggle. It's a struggle that we need to deal with and fight it once and for all and that it should not come and ruin our marriages. Um, and now, as we go, like if you read the Bible in 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 First John, uh, John once mentioned that um, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Mm. Sin is law. Mm. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. Mm. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him. Or known him. Mm. So, uh, Jesus said in in the, uh, one of the gospel accounts, he said that um, you cannot serve two masters. He was talking about riches and God. At the same time, you cannot serve sin and serve God. You cannot claim to love uh, God and love sin and love porn. So, either love uh, the other and hate the other. So, I think this is how we should always view this situation, that uh, we shouldn't look at it and say, ah, it's a struggle, it's a struggle, and at the same time we claim that we love God. Mm. You know, mm. this is the thing that we should grieve over and want to deal with it once and for all. Because the moment we keep doing it over and over and over, it only says one thing, that we do not love God. Mm. And Jesus said um, that whoever keeps my commandment is the one who loves me. Maybe I'm paraphrasing it in a different way. That says, whoever uh, loves me keeps my commandment. So mm. that's how we should view this whole situation. Mm. Um, mm. That every man who struggles with it um, should crucify it. Because Jesus' business was not to leave us holding on to sin. He wanted us to he wanted us to free us. He was freeing us from sin once and for all. And he was a very serious business. So that's my take on this. Mm. 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 Radical. <laughs> it is only something that can be done through the, the Spirit of God.
marriages uh, the qualifications of marriage you need to have the qualifications qualifications of marriage which no i'm saying we can look even look at it there i mean i, I can't then come and say well these are the qualifications of marriage no i'm saying <laughs> you are suggesting there should be a level of maturity is it measurable as a, a believer uh, no no i i don't think it's measurable okay right. uh, i don't think it's measurable but i can say that there is a certain people around you should be say oh well, i think you know even you yourself should be able to say well wh- how am i going to fare in marriage in this you know your sins you know yourself say how am, am i going to be a good husband uh with this scenario you know am i going to be a good wife from slothful and you know i spend the whole day binging on series i don't clean the home i don't clean up myself uh i just want to go and play with my friends in town whatever i don't know i'm saying like you yourself you know yourself you know do i qualify to be in a covenant relationship with someone uh you know there there has to be a certain level which of course is not measurable you can't say well i've got you know plum you got to have a, what is it, a spirit level and say okay here yeah plum you <laughs> say but we people need to affirm okay ah huh? yeah i think I, I agree with you on that to say as much as there isn't a, out of 10 a gift door on a financial provision what mm. does he have kind mm. of thing mm. <laughs> there mm. are roles of a husband and there are roles of a wife mm. and i guess that's part of what we are looking at mm. so we are not expecting a 10 out of 10 but um as a husband are you going to be able to lead your family spiritually mm. are you going to be able to provide for your family mm. um as a wife uh, maybe are you going to be able to submit are you going to be able to help your husband and those kind of things so you find that at the end of the day yes there is no a, a chalkboard chalkboard or a, a graph where we can say 20% 25% but there has to be evidence of those things just as when we look at the fruit of the spirit there are fruits we expect to see in the life of a believer but we will not say joe is only patient when he has reached 90% of patience with his wife no, that's not how it works it's like ah we see that um at certain points and times he 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 endeavors to be patient mm. he 
Mm-hmm. At times he loses his self-control, but on a majority of the times, um, the Lord grants him the ability to control himself. Mm. Will, this, will this man beat me? The, a woman should ask herself those questions. You say, can this man lay hands on me? Well, I'm not talking about ordination, but uh, proper laying. <laughs> you know, so I mean, we might be chuckling, but it's serious. Um, so yeah, um, whew, it's a, an excellent discussion. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, can we move on to the next one? <laughs> Our time, yeah, we've got 10 more minutes. Uh, but yeah, we're still here by the grace of God. Um, so the next, uh, sorry, I just need, yeah, the next question. So Felix, I think we'll skip this one of the cohabiting. We'll probably answer it here. But I think I'm, I'm more intrigued by this one. It says, how do you tell that someone is truly regenerate and is a genuine believer and not just mere moralistic? Then we'll just answer this one quickly. Then we'll jump on to, I think, Kuziwa's question. Uh, that she had asked earlier on. So, how do you tell that someone is truly regenerate and is a genuine believer and not just merely moralistic? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start with that one. Um, yeah, I think there are certain uh, characteristics the Bible brings up, which we find in Galatians 5.22. Uh, and other scriptures which show you that this person and I, and, I, and I also think that a regenerate person um, will grow in understanding of the gospel what the gospel is a moralistic person relies on their own power and their outward religion and what they do, what they have done, its rules and laws, and I do this. I am, it's not like I obey the government because of the gospel. It's no, no, no I, I'm just an obedient person. Do this, don't do this, do this. You know, you, you, you believe that because of your moralism, you can somehow. Uh, you know, be right with God. I think a regenerate person is one who understands, who, who uh, has, has really been illuminated and their eyes have been opened to the truth of God's word and, you know, how we are, we are sinners and we were born from death to life and that the Christian life is a life of sanctification, by the way. We're not perfect. We have not arrived. We're, and, and, and I would say that we are still until Christ returns or until we die because even for example you may God may give you victory over pornography today and you can spend three or four years without pornography but rest assured there will be something you'll be struggling with in those three four years it may not even be sexually related it could be fraud. You could you could turn into this fraud kingpin, and you know you just didn't understand. Where did it come from? It could even be lying. You know, so we are being progressively sanctified. I think a regenerate person understands that, 
And like what others have said, we put it to death. We fight daily. We are not content with just being patted on our backs to say, well, you know, you're doing well for yourself. Of course, encouragement is needed, but we don't prepare ourselves and think that we have arrived. We have, it's a war. It's like someone who's going to sleep in a war. There are arrows and bullets flying and you're just sleeping. You'll get darted, you know. So, um, yeah, a moralistic person is really someone who, who trusts in themselves, trusts in their own works. And the Bible says, you will see them by their fruits. Talking of false, uh, false preacher, false prophets, I think it's in Matthew chapter 7. You will see them by their fruits. They will dazzle you. They will even show fruits, uh, well, not even fruit, but show glimpses of would-be fruits. And you say, wow. But you rest assured, you will see them. You say, mm, nah. We just really believe So I think um, that's those are some of the things. And, and friends, one of the one of the ways that can truly expose moralism from the gospel is the local church, the means of grace, the preaching of God's word, the ordinances, just the ordinary means of grace. They will show. I'm sure you have met people who do not like the church. They can show up for one reason, one season, and act on fire for God. But sooner or later, they'll drop off like a fly. I say, ah, what happened? Play acting, moralism. They couldn't keep up appearances. Because salvation is not a work of man. It's a work of God. John, that's what John says. If you are born of God. Salvation starts with God. It's monogistic. We don't help God to save us. God saves us from sin. And it's a work of God. It's, a, it's seen. A divine work of God is seen in how the person now lives their lives. Someone was just moralistic. Well, just blind. I don't know what, if anyone has to add anything to that. Um, yes. Drink louder. Yeah. Well, I think you, you've really touched on the thing I would have said. Uh, I think what the Bible tells us about what believers are indwelt by the Spirit, so they have the fruits of the Spirit, mm. which we find in Galatians 5, and you see the difference also, right? Mm. So, <laughs> uh, in, in as much as we will not be able to see someone's heart per se, we will not be able to look to them and say, no, this one is a... <laughs> Absolutely pretending, but ultimately, these you you can't fake it for for too long. 
and, I, and by faking, I'm, I, I don't mean in the public sphere. Mm. You you see truly how whether a man is regenerated or or who he is, that person and how he is with his family. Mm. You you can pretend with everyone else, but uh, <laughs> when you're in in, in in the space of your home, it's very difficult to. <laughs> To, to really continue that pretense to... So, brother, am I regenerate? That's <laughs> huh? a serious question. Am I regenerate? I, mean, I would be persuaded to say yes, but... <laughs> but, but I guess... But... <laughs> <laughs> no, you said you see the ministry of the home, so I was just testing to say, oh, have you seen the fruits since you have come into our home? I want to ask, though, because mm. I, I think maybe um, if this is coming from an equally yoked parties maybe I'm intending to get married to Joe. So maybe I might not see Joe in the context of this home. Mm. How can how can I be helped to tell whether the Joe I want to marry is really a Christian or is mm. he faking? Because to be honest, I think we should also realize that pretense can go on for years. Because at times, it's not even pretense, but it is also one who is self-deceived. It's just like Paul Washer's wife. She went for years thinking or believing she was a Christian. Till she got to a point where she was like, um, you know what, I, I don't think I'm a Christian. And it was years later. Mm. She's been on the mission field and etc, etc. That's a reality. Mm. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. people who are so because I think pretending is one thing. Then there is the I am self-deceived. I am with you. You will keep on trying. You get my point. But with pretending, I think there is the likelihood you easily get tired and you will be like, ah, you know what? I am try. I am tired of trying to show do I am a Christian. Uh, I am just going to live my life now. Then there is someone who's you who's just like how people in the world would hold on to so many other causes in their lives because they seriously believe of those causes whether be it feminism or whatever they are they believe they are holding on to the right cause i i would think it, it's easy also for one to hold on to their moralism and we can count them as fruits for years think it's one of two things um yeah i was going to say that all of these like i guess when you're choosing a partner that's why it has to be within the context of the local church mm. in the sense that uh you're not going to go in and choose the person you marry without any sort of well or you shouldn't without any sort of input from anyone mm. where you're just like yeah we met we're getting married no one knows anything <laughs> about them. They were spoken to them. Without permission. They are, or whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> Without permission. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so really, uh, as a knowing that you interact, like both of you, that people around you who know you, who know both of you, get to interact. I think they can be able to see all the blind way you are blind, where you are seemingly love stricken. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're overlooking all the signs and, and things. So that, that's the first point. But then there is the case that Tim was talking about. 
where the salmon is self-deceived, they live in shore, mm. seemingly shore fruit. Mm. Uh, where even seemingly, whether it's uh, the Christians, elders, whatever, have not been able to pick up. And I think this is a, a, a reminder that salvation belongs to God. Mm. I mean, you can use all the wisdom that you that you want and say, okay, <laughs> I have the full, this foolproof plan to uh, this is how this is how what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to look at. Yeah, so maybe deceive, they deceive you. They deceive the church. <laughs> I'm saying sometimes I don't even know if it's if it's that because in reality that party this thing could have gone on until death mm-hmm. and we would have never known and thought this person was a believer when they went mm-hmm. so, so I, okay I wanted to ask on that also is uh maybe a clear articulation of the gospel an understanding of the gospel mm-hmm. important for us to be able to pinpoint and say that this person is a, is a believer. When you say a clear articulation, what do you mean? An understanding of the gospel, what the gospel means. Well, I, 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 I don't uh, think, in the same way, you don't need to understand everything. You don't even know what understands the gospel for. You can take whoever you want to pick throughout history, throughout church history, the, I don't even know. I don't even think Paul understood the gospel uh, in its fullest, even as he is the the the, the, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whoever. We will glory upon the. We will still be marveling on the glories of the gospel, mm. even into eternity. Only into God it, right? So, so, so there's that aspect. I'm not trying to say, but also I don't think. Uh, someone being able to articulate the gospel is a sign that they're saved. I don't think so. I'll you can know the gospel. I would be good to say they are atheists who would know how to articulate the gospel and say what it is we believe mm. more than those who believe it <laughs> and still yes. be on the other camp. So, because we have to also know that with knowing the gospel, there is knowing the gospel because your heart has been transformed and there's the knowing of the gospel of using logic and reason to Mm -hmm. say so the people who read the bible say christ came he died apparently sin had come into the world etc so this is what people believe so in that same line someone can sit in the church for 30 years and be able to tell you what's in Genesis up to Revelation, then still not actually be safe. The same way a pastor can preach to the congregation every week and not be safe. Yeah, they can know all systematic Take theology. The they can know all the. <laughs> the, the but they, they, they actually have a basic understanding of the gospel. Yeah, there is a basic they, they understanding. There has to be also the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. And also a changed life, uh, progressive. So, you know, the, the I think Paul Washer once said this. You know, when somebody gets gets the gospel, it's almost like they've been hit by a truck. Do they remain the same? No. Those people who know you uh, or who knew you can attest to the that uh, <laughs> this is not the same person. 
And some may even say, well, this is a phase. Like for me, when I, when I got saved, my family would say, this is a phase. He's just going through motions. This is, this is a phase in his life, you know. He's finding himself. Up until they reached a point that they said, mm, you know, now it's different. Even the way they address, it's no longer it's a phase. Or it's, a, it's now like, okay, you know what? You used to be like this. I remember you in this light. Even people I meet from school, high school, from my past life, they'll say, ha, you know what? You're completely, you're a different person now. I've got a friend um, I used to go to school with. Uh, he wrote to me the other day. He's like, you're no longer fun. You no longer laugh at dirty jokes. You no longer share memes. When I tell you these stories of what I was doing the weekend, you're not interested. You're always posting about Christ. Christ, some of your posts on Facebook are detestable. Why are you always talking about Christ? Let's talk about women. And I said, brother, <laughs> you're right. You know, I am a changed person. Not because of myself, but because of what Christ has done. So, because I, 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 I'm saying this so that we don't lose assurance. There is the assurance of believers, of believers, of being a believer. So assurance of salvation is there for the believer. So, um, because I mean, we can veer into like, you know, scaring, scare, scare. Of course, we must introspect. We can veer into say, well, you know, uh, you, <laughs> there are some people who, you know, uh, even if they profess that they've got the inward, um, you know, um, the, yeah, the inward ministry of the Holy Spirit, uh, maybe they were not born again, look at Paul Washer's wife and all that stuff. Um, but the Christian has assurance, not in themselves, though, in Christ Jesus. And the, and the thief on the cross did not articulate the gospel. He just confessed Christ. That's the gospel. Yeah, I'm That's saying, as like he did not have a full articulation of the gospel. He, he could not tell you the five points of Calvinism. <laughs> he knew he had been regenerated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something, okay. No, I'm yeah. But I, I'm saying... They, but there is a real struggle. There are people with the real struggles yeah. of assurance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, if I have a struggle with assurance, does that mean I'm not saved? No. You can struggle your entire life. You can struggle. You can struggle your whole your life, your whole life with assurance. But that is where the doctrine of justification by faith comes into play. No, yeah, yeah. no doubt. But my point is, like, if if if. In fact, what does constitute like assurance? Is it that uh, mostly what what is assurance of salvation? Is it just that that I know that Christ did the finished work on the cross? I know and I believe. Yeah, I mean, and I, like, and, and 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 I live. The. And, Okay, my certainly I, I may know, certainly I may believe, mm. uh, but okay, I may know and I believe, but I may still think I don't believe enough. Mm. I'm not seeing the, the the fruits of sanctification enough. 
mm. I'm still struggling mm. with yeah, sure, I've seen some marginal crotch here. Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> so, so, so that is the question which uh, a few brothers have argued over for a while to say, can you love Christ enough? Can you believe enough? Though? What does that look like? Well, I don't know if you could. Yeah, can, 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 can anyone believe enough? Can anyone uh, love Christ enough? <laughs> but, but I think the instance of the mustard seed kind of faith yeah. Kind of like seals the deal. It's not necessarily the magnitude of your faith. Mm. The having of the faith. So I don't But where is the faith coming from? The faith still comes from God. So 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 here's your the crack to your code. Our salvation is in Christ alone. And we should hold on to that. Well, Joe, that, that is quite clear. I don't mm. think there's anyone who's ever believed yeah. who yeah. has ever thought their salvation was yeah, yeah, so, 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 anything. So my argument is that yeah, I understand what you're, what you're digging into and, and you're trying to unpack. But my argument is that you can never believe enough. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. How? They, they, okay, my, here is my point. Is there a point... Should, should there be a cause for concern when I feel like I'm clearly, my faith is weak right now. Yes. I, I am not believing enough. Even how I'm behaving, yeah. there's clearly a, a, a lack of uh, of faith. How I'm <coughs> thinking, maybe I'm anxious. I am, uh, maybe this seems to be like a continual cycle, maybe for a while, or whichever way. Uh, versus Maybe not an obvious, not, not an obvious thing you can point to, but still, your faith still feeling big and weak. Mm. Now, on one hand, you may not be able to pinpoint, okay, there's this that is happening or whatever. But, but still, because what I'm trying to get at is, there's definitely times when your faith is weak that you should be concerned about. Mm. That that is that is a I don't deny it. I, I, I don't deny that concern. That's mm. something that uh, should uh, and the fact that your war is worried it is a sign that you should run to Christ, right? But also these times when it's an irrational worry, mm. right? Yeah. And the point is, or, or rather, how do you distinguish between the two? Because at times they may look the same. <laughs> and also you can, can go yeah yes you can
who can who, who can who could draw you on a thin line from one side of uh, uh, of a cliff to another. But your faith is what allows you to trust him enough to go into the wheelbarrow. It doesn't matter how much you have. You might go in the wheelbarrow crying, thinking you're gonna die. You might, but you have put your faith, and you're in the wheelbarrow. The efficiency of the person who pushes you across the cliff is what makes sure that you're saved. So whether your faith is little, grand, whether you are in there jumping and dancing in the wheelbarrow, whether you're sitting holding onto the side, the fact is that you're going to be saved. You're going to make it to the other side. It's your faith. So always your assurance is in Christ. It's in the faith you have, and you will grow in that faith as you as you remain in it. And also going back to the question that you just left, the one about. Um, um, the issue of like knowing whether the person is more a person is moralistic or saved, I think this really uh, like the clarification that Tino gave was very really helpful and also helps us to really like you know tie it into the aspect of being wealthy because I think that um, especially if I was just thinking about Zimbabwean context, we look at our culture and we see how it's decaying. We know you know there's so many there are blessers like you know the sugar daddy culture. There is um, a slave queen culture. There's all sorts of things. And so I think sometimes we can be wanting to find spouses, and we're just like, man, I just want to find a a woman who I can bring to my parents, or the kind of guy I can bring, bring to my parents. And there, our focus is no longer on. I need to find a woman who, you know, if when I when I bring her to Christ, I would have been obedient, you know, and and even like other things, like you know, maybe I just want to have the kind of woman that or a, a man that if I have, I know that I am safe. They will not break my heart and so forth. Sometimes we even have our criteria um, based on something, based on fears, or, or based on other values which are outside of Christ, which are outside of our um, uh, our identity in Him and our purpose in Christ. So, because the thing is, I think one of the things that can help us in identifying or even in God showing us certain things is. Are we still in the world? Because we believe ourselves, if you are still in the world system, it's going to be very hard for you to see if someone is in the world but in Christ. Because you are one of those who are in the world but in Christ. Or, mm. or maybe are you in the world and, but in Christ? Are you deceiving yourself as well? So one of the, I think one of the things that's most helpful is to come out of the world and be separate. Get out of the world. You need to make sure that you're coming out of the world as well. Like in, in every single aspect of your life, you know, your job, your your behavior, your culture, your friends, what you do. Are you seeking the kingdom of God? Are you seeking to get out of the world and its corruptness? Are you pursuing Christ in that way? Because if the more you come out of the world, the more even that moralistic person, you will see that there is no Christ in this person. Because Christ makes a person different. Like you said, you're hit by an 18-wheeler truck. You're not going to be the same. So if you also remain in the world system, you know, see chasing after the world and whatever, as well, you are going to um, uh, to be confused. And you should just ask, what does it mean to come out of the world? Um, so I'd ask the question, right, about the difference between loving the world and the world, same of Christ, in the way that Christ said, God so loved the world. And also the loving of the world that John refers to. Uh, I think one helpful thing for me that was very helpful, uh, Zach Wilson once said that um, the, the loving the world as in the way we're not supposed to love it is to love the, the system, the, is to love the prison system. But the kind of loving of people that we should have is loving the people inside the prison system. So when we love the system, 
such that we partake in it, we partake in the bribes, we partake in the culture of the world. You know, we love the world in the wrong way, but when we love the world in the right way, we love the people, and thus we do things that are, uh, that show that we love the people, and such, and so we can even lay down our lives and sacrifice the, the things that we can benefit from the world and its system because we love the people in the right way. So I don't know if that answers the question, but that's a differentiation that I once got that was really helpful. Mm. Uh, coming out of the world is to come out of the system of the world and the way of gaining that the world tells you and trusting in God and uh, growing uh, or uh, pursuing righteousness as God says. And the way of doing that is like, as Christ said, uh, a seed has to die before it grows. And that's the way of Christ, it's dying. The world does not want to die. It wants to have what it wants to have. It does not want to die. There is no sacrifice in the world. They will sacrifice you, but they will not sacrifice themselves. That's the difference. I think just to add on to what Kuziwa said, um, <coughs> coming out of the world means dying to self. Um, you are no longer living your life for you. You are living your life for Christ. So at the end of the day, you are living for the glory of Christ and not for yourself. So I think like we have seen over this series over and over again, the world emphasizes uh, uh, me, me, me. I need to have fun. I need to live the good life. I need to prosper. It's all about you and you living a good life and having the time of your life now. So I think that's that's what that's the system we are trying to get out of. We are trying to, as Christians, we are trying to set ourselves apart from the world. To say so, I think that's more of getting out of the world, coming out of the world. You are dying to self and the desires of your flesh, and you are living for Christ. Mm. Alright friends, uh, our time has come to an end. Uh, it's been a good discussion. I think we can continue um, talking for hours, but I think uh, we um, we have overrun our time. I, I don't know if there are any final thoughts before we close in prayer. Or final, maybe someone with a burning question or burning comment. Someone's not saying the Nera's iPhone. I see Nera's iPhone there. I haven't heard from Nera. Is that here, Nera? Yeah. How are you doing? Um, how, how are you um, doing, Nera? How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. I haven't said anything, but I've been really following the discussion. Uh, uh, I think I agree with you most of what's been said right. i think i i i refrained from saying much because i came in a little late all right so yeah all right no, th thanks thanks for joining nera thank you so much for joining we are blessed by your presence so friends we will definitely close in prayer now uh ask brother felix to close us in prayer uh thank you for coming um uh god be with you Let us pray.